This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, Yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to this long-delayed edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, via Skype this time, we too are practicing social distancing, is the one and only Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, the last time we spoke, I was getting ready to leave for Arizona. The Blackhawks were still kind of not really in the playoff hunt, but they kept saying how much they were. And then the entire world changed in the week that I was gone. It has been probably the most surreal, what, eight or nine day stretch that I can remember in recent memory. This has just been this has been a weird time, man. It's like really hard to kind of come to grips with how much everything really has changed in the last week or so. Yeah, it's definitely the strangest timeline I've been part of in my life. And I think a lot of people have drawn conclusions to, or comparisons rather, to when 9-11 happened. But 9-11 was like an isolated incident. I know we were all afraid that another one was going to happen, and it could have any moment, right? And that was part of the fear. But this has this weird, like, when's it going to end? Is it a couple weeks? Is it a couple months? Is it a couple years? Like, how long is it going to be like this? And to me, that's where my, like, a lot of my anxiety is coming from is the unknown part of this. Like, when does this, when do we start to live life again? And no one really knows. No one really has an answer. Everybody has a different opinion. And to me, what I've learned about myself over the years is that I like to be in control of things. That's why I'm a terrible delegator. It's why I overwork myself because I just, I, I have to be in control of everything in my life. And this does not allow for that. And that's been the biggest struggle for me. And I'm sure a lot of people during this entire thing, but you mentioned it, James. All I thought about was, like, your trip. Because I got back from Arizona. Like, when I was flying back, it was right when this thing was picking up steam. And it was becoming part of, like, the conscious of everybody. And I had a cold. Mm-hmm. You could hear it. I'm, I still have a cold. I have a head cold. I had, I've got it when I was in Arizona. And I've had it since. 
And the girl next to me on the plane was coughing her brains out. And the two of us looked at each other like, okay, like we have an understanding here. Like we both feel awful about this, but what are we going to do? And everyone's freaked out. You went after the big news part of it. I mean, it, you know, it took a while to develop, but once it became part of everyone's life, that's when you left. I want to hear about your trip. I want to hear what the experience was like for you. I think that's super interesting. I was in Las Vegas for about two and a half days. And the first day I was there, I was kind of reading stuff about it on social media. I was like thinking about it a little bit in the airport, like just kind of, you know, oh, this this thing, you know, we got to start having some serious discussions about ways we can kind of curtail this virus, et cetera. And then as I was in Las Vegas, you could see you could feel the mood of everything changing. Like everybody in the casinos were kind of walking around like kind of quietly. And there were still like obviously the frivolity and the craziness of Las Vegas anyway. But the vibe just as we were there, like it slowly changed. And you could tell like the reality of things was kind of starting to you know, kick in and set into people. And by the time I left Las Vegas, I think it was about the time I left Las Vegas that everything had started getting canceled, like in terms of sports leagues and all that. And then while I was in Phoenix, obviously uh, spring training got canceled. So I didn't get to go to any games in Mesa. And by the time I left on Monday, like everything had just completely changed. We went out to eat at a few different restaurants. But by the time the weekend ended, we were basically just sitting at my dad's place, playing card games and hanging out with each other and not really going out and doing anything that I normally do while I'm in Phoenix. It was a really, it was kind of a surreal trip just because like you start out like every, you're like, okay, like there's this thing kind of going on in the background. But then by the time, I flew back. It was completely in the foreground and all this stuff, like all the bars and restaurants in Illinois had been closed. And it just, it was so wild how quickly everything changed in the time that I was out there. And like you said, you become hyper aware of everyone around you and you start to kind of like, I don't want to be in large crowds. I don't want to be standing near people who are coughing. And by the time I flew back, on Monday night, there was maybe half of my plane was full. Oh. I had an entire row to myself on the plane. Like it was just a, it was a very surreal experience. I've never had that on Southwest. I'm used to every single flight I've ever taken on that airline being packed to the gills. And that just isn't the case anymore. And all I could think of was the people who are going to be impacted by that in the service industry yeah. and the the flight attendants and the pilots on those airlines. It's just, it's, it's this wild thing that we're all going to have to deal with for the next month or two. And I kind of got to watch it unfold in real time and to go through those areas. And it's crazy to me to think that the hotel I was staying at in Las Vegas last week is now going to be closed for 30 days. It's just, that's where we are in the world. And it's, uh, it's a lot to try to kind of take in and to deal with. I don't think there's anywhere James, like that would be as eerie empty as Vegas. Just imagining, and I've seen some pictures of the Strip where there's just no one on the Las Vegas Strip, but like all the digital ads are still rolling, and it has the look of Vegas, but minus the people. That to Mm -hmm. me is like the scariest thing, and I saw a picture yesterday of Rush Hour in Chicago, and it looks like that scene in A Walking Dead where there's all the cars are one way, and there's the empty road the other, and the city's totally empty. It's It's just creepy. 
And I and I hope we're you know we're not going to do a whole show on the coronavirus. And I hope James and I can do what we can to take away some of the anxiety for you guys and have some fun. We're going to try to do that as best we can. Uh, the, if you missed it, NBC Sports Chicago is showing all the Blackhawks 2010 Stanley Cup playoff wins. Oh man! So yes, yeah. Let's please talk about that a little bit at least. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good escape. I, actually, it's funny on Locked On uh, this morning. So Wednesday, we did a. Um, I we all watched Nashville Game Five. Like I told the mm. listeners, I sent the YouTube link. Like watch Nashville Game Five, and we'll talk about it. Man, was that fun! It was so fun to go back and watch those teams and remember how good they were. And the funny thing, and I think I forgot to mention this on the podcast, was. I knew the outcome, and I was still stressed out. <laughs> yeah. It was just game, like... Game two that they showed last night on NBC Sports Chicago was pretty tame compared to what game five ended up being. Game five was gut-wrenching the entire time. Like, at, you find yourself as you watch, like, the last, like, minute or so of that game, you're like, my God, they came close to losing this. And then the HOSA penalty happened, and it just was... That was an unreal game. Like, I still vividly remember so much about it. And like you kind of alluded to, it was amazing seeing how freaking stacked the Blackhawks were during that playoff run. How many good players they had playing, like, bottom six minutes on that team. Like, it was just an absolutely crazy roster, and it was such a shame they had to blow it up afterward but you see guys like Andrew Ladd out there on the penalty kill and Patrick Sharp when he was just at the absolute zenith of his powers both it on the power play and shorthanded and then you see how young guys like Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook look and you're just like my god time comes for us all yeah well when that game comes on let me look it up I have it saved on my phone here when Nashville game five comes on NBC make sure you watch it Brent Seabrook. It'll be on Saturday night, by the way. Yes. Brent Seabrook lays out Martin Erat. Seabrook has the puck in the defensive zone, gets the puck out of the zone, so Erat has what looks like a clean shot at Seabrook. Seabrook just lowers his shoulder, and Erat goes totally horizontal into the boards. His helmet flies off and everything. It was massive, and the United Center went nuts. The other guy who I think we've sort of like history has sort of forgotten in this whole thing is John Madden. How mm-hmm. awesome was John Madden in that series, man? And that's exactly what they brought him in to do was to provide that leadership, pro- provide that experience, be a bastard on a penalty kill. And over time, he almost scored shorthanded on that long host of penalty. And then earlier in the shift, he almost stole the puck one-on-one and had another scoring chance. So in, in one penalty kill, John Madden almost won the game for the Hawks twice. Yeah. It was incredible. And he's like the fourth line center like the the whole team top to bottom was stacked like Thomas Kapetsky we forget about him right he was a huge part of that they had 12 forwards and six defensemen that could play and that's why they won yeah that's it they were so deep that's every cup they won was because of their depth yes they had star power a lot of teams have star power but they did it because they had depth and the other thing I noticed was the amount of swagger that Hawks team had they were like let's go we are better than you and we know it and as soon as we decide we're going to kick your ass we're going to kick your ass <laughs> yeah and that's how and they it were. was amazing how young so many of those guys like Taves and Kane were and they still had that and they hadn't done really 
yeah, they got to the conference final the year before, but that team hadn't accomplished anything yet, and they still had that swagger. You were absolutely right about that. Well, and Taves was absolutely relentless. And when you have Jonathan Taves, like, and, and he still is a hell of a competitor, but you have Jonathan Taves hungry for his first title, that dude battled his ass off every second of every shift. And it would sometimes take two or three predators to get the puck from him. Sometimes he would lose it, but more often than not, he would come away with the puck. He would skate from behind somebody and steal the puck. His work ethic was relentless. And I think, you know, you win three Stanley Cups, and maybe that fire goes away a little bit. He still has it. But, man, before they won that first cup, he could not. He would not be denied on any play. It was incredible. Yeah, oh my God. Like, it, like you said, it's just it's amazing to watch all of those guys who – yeah, guys like Kane hadn't quite hit like the ultimate stride of their career, like just those best years. But guys like Keith and Seabrook and Mary Marion Hosa, how how have we not talked about what a ridiculously huge acquisition that was in that season? That dude changed everything for the Blackhawks getting him. He was a monster on both ends of the ice that in like as soon as he came in, as soon as he came in in that game, I think it was against San Jose in that season and just the whole dynamic of that team changed. And I think that 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 probably was a big part of the reason why the team had so, that confidence that they had was because of just what a great player Marion Hosa was and how he constantly was busting his hump on both ends of the ice at all times. I think that made such a huge impression on guys like Jonathan Taves yep. and then later Brandon Saad to have a guy like that. And it showed in their game. They all played like that. Every single one of those guys from Christopher Stieg on down busted their butts on defense to forecheck in the neutral zone. They would constantly be hounding guys from behind on the back check too. It's unreal watching every single one of those guys play with the tenacity that they played with. It's not a surprise that they ultimately won the Stanley Cup, and it's just because they all bought in so much to everything that that team was doing. Like that, yeah, 2013, that team in 2013 was unbelievable that was Kane and Taves just at the height of their powers that was Corey Crawford playing out of his mind that was a special team but for me that 2010 team with all the veteran talent that they had and all the young guys starting to come into their own there we're never going to see anything like that again I don't think as Blackhawk fans that was just like the perfect confluence of all of those things and it's it's so great that we're going to be able to kind of relive 10 years later what made that run so special. And you even saw it just watching game two last night, like the, the easiest game that they probably yeah. won in that Nashville series. And it's just, it's unreal watching it, man. It was such a, it was such a delight and such a great distraction from just all of the weirdness and nonsense that it's been going on. And kudos to NBC sports Chicago for starting to show some of those games and give us that reminder of what it was that that team was so good at. Well, you know, right now, James, we all need a distraction, and uh, everyone needs to sort of help each other out, and this is a tough time for small businesses. Many of them are sponsors here on the Madhouse Podcast, including Marishka's. Uh, they're family-owned and operated since 1933, but they're feeling the pinch of this entire thing, and we'll tell you as we go through the show how to help out our sponsors, but Marishka's is still open for business. 
They're offering carryout only. Uh, they're promoting call-in orders by phone. So 815-723-9371. Call up. Order your food. You know that all these places that we talk about will, are, are clean. They're on top of this. They are militant in taking care of uh, you know you and your food and everything. It's It's safe to eat. But go support these sponsors. They need it. Even if you're a little bit leery about eating, get a gift card. Gift cards help them now. It helps them stay afloat during this time. Then when everything reopens, everything gets back to normal, whenever that is, you can go help them out as well. So call Marishka's 815-723-9371. Place an order. You can carry it out. The dining room is closed, obviously, but you can carry out anytime. Again, family-owned and operated since 1933, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, marishkas.com. Yeah, go support our friends at Marishkas. And as the show goes on, we'll tell you about Fry the Coop and Chucks and what all all of our friends are doing in this time of need. And we got to mention, too, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Homewood Baseball and Softball, we are shut down indefinitely. We don't know if we're going to play. We don't know when we're going to play. Chris relies on those orders from leagues to support his business. So you're remembering 2010 Blackhawks? Go get yourself a hosted jersey. Treat yourself during this hard time. TripleThreadSports.com. Chris at TripleThreadSports.com. All right, James, you mentioned the depth of forwards on the Hawks, and I want to call this to your attention and tell me what these guys all have in common, okay? Patrick Sharp, John Madden, Andrew Ladd, Jonathan Taves, Troy Brower, Brian Bickle, Chris Versteeg, Dave Boland, Adam Burrish, Marion Hosa, Thomas Kopetsky, and Dustin Bufflin. All those uh, guys. They were, they were all drafted by Dale Talon? Uh, no. No, Sharp wouldn't have been. Dang. They were all, all right. willing two-way players. All mm. of them had a commitment on both ends of the ice. Patrick Kane's the name I left out because he is probably the most one-dimensional player on that roster, as he should be, as he's the most skilled but top to bottom, you've got a team of two-way-minded forwards. Even Versteeg, who was a smallish player, he would go back and back check as well. He, had he was time. on the penalty kill in that game yes, we were watching last night. He was on the penalty kill in game five, too. He could do, All these guys were defensive-minded as well as offensive-minded, and that's why they were so hard. Remember in that game, the Hawks gave up this is Nashville game five I'm talking about. The Hawks gave up 16 shots on goal in regulation. That's a period now for them. Oh, my God. <laughs> that shot suppression, that is something I will – I'm never going to forget looking at the NHL.com stats page before it got completely ruined by whatever modern stuff they're trying to do. And just seeing how the Blackhawks blew everybody else out of the water in terms of shots allowed, it's comical how good they were at that. Whether it was blocking shots or whether it was the forward stripping the puck in the neutral, whatever it was, the black that Blackhawks team, God, they were so good at it. They could have put anybody behind that defense and they would have been good. Maybe that's why Antiniemi was so good. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Well, dude, I mean, the defensive core. Keith Jalmerson, Sopel, Seabrook. Uh, who am I missing here on defense? Campbell. About to say Brian Campbell. Yeah. And did they want to do 5D that game? One, Because they probably had Bufflin do both. Let's see. One, Campbell. Yeah, they only had five defensemen officially in Nashville game five. But, you know, Bufflin was doing both. 
Right. Uh, you're talking about five or six all-star type defensemen. Brent Sopel in his heyday, not back then, but in his heyday. What a season. Was an all-star caliber defenseman at a time in his career. They were just so much deeper than everybody, and that's why they were so great. Yeah. Let's live in that time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? My God. they That team was such a freaking delight to watch just every single night. My goodness. Yeah, well, we have the opportunity to watch now, uh, so make sure you tune in to NBC Sports Chicago. We will tweet out the link to the schedule uh, when we tweet out this episode, so look at our Twitter account. It will be there. And you can tune in uh, all week, all weekend, to some classic Hawks and Bulls games if you're into the Bulls, too. Uh, so there is a lot to distract you from these strange, strange times we're living in. James, let's take let's take a timeout. When we come back, there is some actual Blackhawks news that we should get to. Did Rocky Words give Stan Bowman a vote of confidence? It sure sounded like it. And I want to talk about how the Hawks are handling things with their staff and with their employees uh, during the COVID-19, air quotes, pause of the National Hockey League. We'll be right back with more here on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is Jay Zawoski. Sorry about my voice. His name is James Naveau. want to tell you about our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe. They've got locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Just like our friends at Marishka's, Chuck's is still open for business. They're offering curbside pickup. They're offering carryout, and they're open for their catering uh, needs, for your catering needs as well. So go to chuckscafe.com. You can get the number there. Place your order. 708-229-8700 is the number for the Burbank uh, location. You can call in. They will run the food out to your car. Support these small businesses. You can still... Even though the dining room is closed, you can still get the best Cajun, the best Mexican, the best barbecue, the best burger or wings you'll ever have at Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe. Go there, support these small businesses now more than ever. They really, really need you during this hard time. Again, if a gift card is more your style right now, a gift card is fine. A lot of these places offer online virtual gift cards, Chuck's Cafe, Com. Help out our partners who have helped us all these years bring you the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. All right, James, before the break, I teased something that we saw from the Blackhawks Talk podcast. This is on Charlie Romeliotis's Twitter. They Good had, job pronouncing his name again. Just like it looks. My last name's the same way. People see it, and it's like a lot of letters, and they get scared. It looks just like it sounds. Zawaski. 
Mine's a lot of vowels, and I think that throws off people. They don't like the French. Well, how have people mispronounced your name in the past? Uh, it's mainly Navu and like Navau I've gotten as well. But when people get it right, they usually get Navo, which is why I went with that over our more traditional pronunciation, which is Nebu. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I my if you talk to my grandparents, they say Nebu. I say Navo. So interesting. The, yeah. The more, you know. <laughs> All right, James Nebu. Uh, so Rocky Wirtz was on that podcast, the Blackhawks po- uh, talk podcast. Here's what he had to say about the offseason. He says, you look at everything. You're looking at salaries. You're looking at free agents. You're looking at signing college players, free agents in Europe. The nice thing is John McDonough and his crew and Stan Bowman, in my humble opinion, we have a good organization. They will figure it out. On my epitaph and on my tombstone with my kids, I promise you, it's going to say, just figure it out. It's going to be the day I was born, the day I died, and just figure it out. They will figure it out. I promise you. Now, that's not necessarily a total vote of confidence in Stan Bowman, but it also doesn't sound like a guy who's on the hot seat at all. Mm. It sounds like the front office and the guy who matters most, Rocky Wirtz, believes that Sam Bowman has what it takes to work the Hawks out of the situation they're in. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think that, uh, it would obviously be kind of weird right now to be talking about, yeah, probably get a fire stand, you know? Yeah. It just, yeah. I mean, that, that might be part of it. Like he also talked about COVID-19 and that the concerns about that during the podcast. But I, I think for the most part, it does sound like he's going to be patient. Like I, I do think that that is a, that I think that's a very fair reading of what he said. Like, I mean, when you see something like they will figure it out, it's like, that doesn't sound to me like they'll figure it out in the next three months. Oh, wait, not just kidding. I'm going to fire him. This isn't like the kind of wishy-washy vocal support that Ryan Pace showed of Mitchell Trubisky, for instance. I think that this is much more of a look. He's been here a long time. We're going to stay loyal to this guy who's brought us so much success and so much glory. I think he probably likes some of the moves that Stan has made lately, whether it's drafting Adam Boquist or Kirby Doc. I think that those are at least good signs. I do still think the one thing that or the most likely scenario, I should say, that's going to come out of this offseason is going to be Stan Bowman being retained and Jeremy Colleton being gone. I think that that's so that's still the most likely scenario. I I still think that they could go, you know, in a different direction, quite obviously, but I think that's probably the most likely and everything I've been hearing from the organization up to and including this still makes me think that's the most likely direction that they're going to go. Do you think that the COVID-19 situation changes any decisions they had pending? If they were thinking about you know what, the day the season ends, we're going to fire Jeremy Cowan and look for a new head coach. Do you think that because this happened, and, I, you know, my mind just kind of brings me here because it's it, it changes your perspective your perspective on things. And I wonder if it's having the same effect on the Blackhawks, right, where they're saying, like, wow, this sports stuff really doesn't matter as much as we thought it did. It also takes a bit of the spotlight off their season ending and them missing the playoffs. There's not that like long last week where, well, you know, the Hawks aren't going to make the playoffs again. The news cycle has mm. moved past hockey very quickly. Yeah. I wonder if that changes 
their plans a little bit. And they can say, you know what? This gives us an opportunity to give Jeremy Cowan one more look next uh, season and see what we think. Do you think there's okay. any truth to that or any any idea there that makes sense to you? I think it's a it's a valid theory and makes sense. I mean, this obviously kind of throws everything up into flux a little bit. You don't want to, you know, I, we don't know when or if the hockey season is going to resume. So it's still so much is up in the air. I think it's fair to question that right now. But I will also say that Grand Canyon, if Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona can fire Dan Marley, who was this like huge marquee hire when they brought him on to kind of usher their basketball program into Division One, if they can fire him in the midst of all of this, why shouldn't the Blackhawks be able to fire the guy they want to fire? I was going like, to say the same thing. The Dan Marley firing, same thing. I had the same exact wait, thought. Wait, are you serious? Absolutely not. I was going to say, I just thought it was a it, it's just the comparison here is that yeah. this guy who was supposed to be like the guy who ushered your program into national relevance and then your season got cut short and blah, blah, blah. They still fired him. Yeah. Like, I, I think that you at a certain point, you do have to let dispassion kind of carry the day in a case like this. And yeah, there's a lot of other elements that go into all this after all where this is a sport they're dealing with human beings etc etc but in the case of jeremy colleton i think that this passion should rule the day and i think that if the blackhawks were planning to potentially fire him before all of this happened i think once we have a more definitive idea of when the season is done when we're not going to have to you know concern ourselves with whatever I think then you still have to do it. I, I don't think that you can use that. That's that to me is akin to, oh, well, they lost Brent Seabrook and Calvin DeHaan for the season. So he didn't have like a full complement of players. We still want to give him the chance. Look, if you, you he either can coach or you can't. And I think that most of us agree that Jeremy Colleton probably doesn't fit this team and that he should be gone. So I think they should stick with that if that's the direction that they were going. So your prediction is Bowman returns, Cowan does not. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's uh, the most likely scenario. I think that's the most likely to happen. I'm not saying that and there's only one scenario here that would surprise me, and that would be Bowman fired and Colleton kept. Like that's the only thing that would surprise me at this point. But yeah. I think the most likely scenario remains Bowman stays, Colleton goes. I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't know. I, I feel like they might both be back. I don't know. I don't really have anything to base that on aside from a gut feeling. But I don't I don't know. I think that the, the way this whole thing went down has taken some of the attention away. And it's hard, we've learned, of all the organizations in town, aside from the White Sox, it's hard for the Hawks to be dispassionate and to not think about and value loyalty and time spent and things like that. I don't know. It's... Have you met the Chicago Bulls? I uh, yeah, I should have thrown them in there too. The Reinsdorf teams. <laughs> it's Jerry Reinsdorf, his loyalty. Oh my God! If there's any team in town that suffers from that inability to look at things from an unbiased perspective, boy howdy, is it the Bulls? Well, that actually brings us nicely to the next thing I want to get to. Uh, came out the other day that Jerry Reinsdorf and Rocky Wirtz spoke and very quickly decided. They're going to continue paying, uh, you know, United Center staff their salaries, their hourly wages that would have been lost 
if the games didn't get played, which is great, which is super commendable. It's what they should be doing. Um, maybe a little more would be great, but they're paying them until the regular seasons would end, which is what those employees were counting on. And it's the right thing to do, but they did it and they deserve to be praised for it. And that's one of the things about Jerry Reinsdorf, where as a fan, his loyalty can kind of grate on you a little bit. But as a, if you ever worked for Jerry Reinsdorf, you'd be thrilled because you know, as long as you give him what's expected, he will be loyal to you and take care of you. And him and Rocky Wirtz are doing that with their United Center employees, and I think it's great, and I think it should be commended. And I think Jeremy Jacobs out in Boston can eat a bag of dicks. Yeah, it's very strange. Like, literally, that guy is worth billions and billions of dollars, and you have his players trying desperately with GoFundMes and all that to try to fund these arena workers. That dude could scrounge around in his freaking couch cushions and find enough money to pay those people, and yet... He's such a skin flint that he won't do it. I, ugh, I, I have a visceral loathing for people like that who, in times of crisis, shirk the challenges and they kind of, you know, try to slink away without having to pay their fair share. And Jeremy Jacobs is definitely doing that right now, and he needs to, he needs to get his head out of his ass and do the right thing. Here's my question. All right, I, I'm going to put myself in, and we're not getting political here, but really, putting myself in the in the position of a billionaire. And this is happening around you. How in the hell are you just like, that's eh, fine. They'll figure it out. How can you live with yourself? If you know you have the ability to be like, uh, all right, here's a million bucks to cover my employees, right? A million bucks, two million bucks, whatever it is to a billionaire. That's like me and you giving $2. It's yeah. nothing. There's no impact. It's a million? Okay, yeah, sure. Here, take it. How can you possibly have a moral compass at all that steers you in the direction of, eh, too bad. They'll find another work. They'll figure it out. How? To paraphrase uh, Rainier Wolfcastle, when you ask the question, how does he sleep at night, Jeremy Jacobs probably says, on top of a pile of money with many beautiful ladies. Yeah. Sad but true, man. It's brutal. It's just it's just it's ridiculous to me. Like they, when the Calgary Flames said that they weren't going to pay their employees and their fans went absolutely crazy because they had just gotten a taxpayer funded arena. As far as I know, they changed their stance on that. Right. I believe like, so. Yes. I feel like I feel like and I feel like the Jets did the same thing where they were like, yeah, we're not going to pay anybody. And Jets fans were like, "Uh, hey, Mark Chipman, you want to? not be a douche nozzle like <laughs> come on now i i ugh, i've seen so many bruins fans and they are so distraught that this is happening and jeremy jacobs is just unmoved just isn't doing anything it's so so frustrating to see that like just get off your ass and help these people man just yep. do it yep we've been saying it all episode and uh everybody needs help right now oh well yeah. not everybody not the billionaires not the millionaires but everybody Else, the ordinary people need help, including small business owners like our friends at Fry the Coop. They are open. They're offering pickup. You can place an order online via their website, frythecoop.com. They have carryout. They have delivery delivery, delivery via Uber Eats. If you want to purchase a gift card, give them a call, 312-600-6198, and they will mail you a gift card. They do ask, it says here on their, on their Instagram, 
We have a humble request. If you order from here or anywhere else in our city, please consider tipping extra if you are able. The money goes directly to the team members who are working so hard in this uncertain time and helps us support them. That goes without saying. If you're going to a restaurant and someone's making your meal, throw them an extra buck or two. It would certainly help. But go get yourself some of the best hot chicken in the world at Fry the Coop, frythecoop.com. I can really use something to get some of this uh, congestion out of my head. I'm sorry my voice is so horrible. But, uh, yeah, support our friends at Fry the Coop. And uh, they will support their workers, and they'll, the workers will be able to support their families, and everybody's happy, and everybody's content. One more <laughs> thing I want to bring up before we wrap up. Something I was looking forward to for the rest of the season after the trade deadline. And, you know, as the Hawks started falling out of things and we knew the playoffs were a bit more of a pipe dream, this was an opportunity for Hawks fans to give Corey Crawford the recognition and the potential goodbye that he deserves. And he's not going to get it now. Maybe he returns next year. That's a possibility, right? They can do that. There's no doubt they can sign him to a two-year deal for cheap money and hope he can keep the form he had this season. But this was an opportunity this last month of the season for Hawks fans to let Corey Crawford know way too late, by the way, that he was appreciated and he was loved for everything he brought to this city. And I'm I'm a little annoyed and frustrated that it, it won't happen, at least this season. Yeah, I mean, that's it is seriously a bummer. I think that it's one of those instances where people probably took Corey for granted just how, you know, steady he was in the net. And I know he struggled at the beginning of this season. And I know there's been a lot of injury issues that he's had to deal with the last couple of years. But he just has been... He's been a consummate pro through all of it, and no matter what circumstances were thrown at him, whether it was the lengthy recovery from the concussion or the Blackhawks going out and spending big money on Robin Leonard in the offseason, Corey Crawford has never let any of that distract him from the mission at hand, which is to just go out there and stop pucks. And he's not like the best you know, interview. He's not the most outgoing guy, I would guess, but he just day in and day out went out and did his job and did it well. And it just, if anybody who isn't from Chicago kind of embodied that kind of Chicago in attitude of just putting your head down and going to work every single day and doing your job to the best of your ability, Corey Crawford's that guy, right? Like that to me, excuse me, that to me is like the thing that I'm just going to take away the most from Corey Crawford is just that no matter what circumstances were thrown at him, no matter what obstacles he had to overcome. He always did. And if he's here next year, that's going to be awesome. If not, like I, I just want people to know how lucky they were as Blackhawks fans to have that guy in the crease for the number of years that they did and the number of cup wins that they did. I mean, let's just say it. The Hawks probably, they probably don't win at least that 2015 title without Corey Crawford in 2013 Ray Emery played well, but Corey Crawford carried them over the line. And there was a reason that so many players wanted him to win the con Smythe that season. Absolutely. Yeah. That to me, just that stands out more than anything is the respect that all of his teammates had for him. And that kind of, you know, hard nosed mentality of just going to work and doing a good job every day. And, if this is the end, it sucks that this is the way it's going to end for him. But he's been awesome, and I've loved watching him play over this last decade or so. 
No doubt. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris, 708-478-6090. Mariska's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and Fry the Coop, the best hot chicken you will ever have. Go to frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness. We will talk to you very, very soon on the next Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope, it's Geico. Uh, yeah, 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 that's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, give it thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico, because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.